0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Come see your locally owned and operated Linton Glass for all your glass needs. No matter what glass you need to replace, you can count on Linton Glass. Call us today at 601-835-4336 or find us on the web at LintonGlass.com.
1: In a Mississippi Minute, that's right. Hey, 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 welcome to In a Mississippi Minute. Today, coming from the Keaton Mississippi, beautiful studios, we're going country music legend. As the cliche goes, he's so good, he could sing a phone book and make it sound like a hit. He started making some serious hay, and a whole lot of it, with Epic Records in 1990. And for the next decade and a half, he would chart 35 singles on the Billboard Hot Country Song Chart, five of which went all the way to the top, baby, number one. When you think of Salt of the Earth Country music, you think of his songs, Home, If the Devil Danced in Empty Pockets, Third Rock from the Sun, "Pickup Man, his longest number one song, and Bigger Than the Beatles. In addition to these singles, he had another 12 top 10 songs. Also, he's a heck of a songwriter, like legit, real, and when he digs deep, he goes all the way. He's co penned Hit singles for Holly Dunn, Tim McGraw, Jody Messina. He's recorded with Mary Chapin Carpenter, his favorite hero of all time, George Jones, and our very own Marty Stewart. We have a mutual pile in Kerry Kurt Phillips, who's been on the show as well. So please, let's get to it and welcome music, country music icon superstar, Joe Diffie. What's up, Joe? How you doing, brother? I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to go back and redo that. So for all my listeners out there, that was uh, me stumbling with uh, a half a cup of coffee. But it's all right. How you doing, man? Where you at,
2: Well, I'm actually I'm uh, actually sitting at my house, Nolensville, Tennessee, and just uh, <laughs> doing life and getting getting stuff arranged. And we've which we've had some some big events in our lives lately. I mean, just uh, you know, life stuff. But uh, doing doing great, man.
1: Uh, Nolensville, sort of the size of Atlanta now.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's just <it's>, should... <laughs> great. It's stupid.
1: It's growing like crazy. My traffic now. Over the last eight years of moving back to the Mississippi Delta are tractors and that's that's awesome. It's an awesome thing. <laughs> hey, you see every once in a while you see a case tractor battle a, a John Deere tractor. You know, they're like you could see they're trying to run each other off the road like NASCAR, but it's uh <laughs> other than that, it's it's a peaceful place. Hey, we're talking to Joe Diffie. J- Joe, just preserving your voice as I went through throat surgery after my first couple hits and and didn't know how oh. to do that. And you're you're your voice is extra special. I mean, do you do anything in particular, uh, rest at a certain amount of time? Uh, you, know, you know, and did you ever have issues when in the beginning when you were just making your way?
2: Yeah, yeah. It's something, you know, I don't think most people even think about. But, you know, when you're, when you're the guy and you're doing it, you know, I remember when I first started my first year, you know, the record label has you doing all kinds of stuff, you know, I mean, so, I mean, a lot of extracurricular stuff, you're going to radio stations, and you're going to, you know, the record pressing plant, and you have, you know, (laughs) going to the people who do all the record distributing, and so you're singing stuff, and, you know, so yeah, my first year, I think I did, I think I did like 225 shows, but most of those were like, Two show dates you know so yeah i mean seriously dude it's like you know and and i feel i don't want to seem like i'm complaining because it's like this is like a you know it's always been like a, a pinch me kind of thing you know I'm, i really get to do this but but boy you know when you're like whew, after about the the 16th day and you've done uh, 30 shows <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'm starting to twitch I
2: don't, I, mean, I don't know how i'm going to even talk much less sing something you know but but you know you just make it, I, you know i mean i found really seriously the, the the best remedy for all that is is drinking a lot of water and resting it as much as you can you know that right. that's really the only thing that i mean you, i've tried every concoction you can imagine uh <laughs> You know, lemon and whiskey, and uh, yeah. you know, toddies and uh, throat. You had that. Remember that stuff? Throat what coat. They call it? It's awful. Entertain, entertainer's secret.
1: Oh, secret. Entertainer se- used to spray that stuff yeah. in my throat. It only secret it had yeah. was it didn't work.
2: It didn't work <laughs> at all. Yeah. So I got I got a story about that. One night, it, I was my voice was really raggy, you know, and so I was fretting about it. And so I told my road manager to go in the back in the back of the bus and grabbed that entertainer secret that little spray It come in a little spray bottle and so he comes back up there and I so I grabbed this bottle that he brought up there and I just opened my mouth and I sprayed about six quarts in there it turned turns out it was hairspray
1: no oh,
2: God. <laughs> <Seriously>. <laughs> That's
1: a, how come it took you six sprays to be able to realize that
2: oh <laughs> well, I just was I just opened my mouth and I was like
1: yeah yeah i
2: was like "Ah, my god
1: Ah." (laughs) oh my god that's man it probably worked better you may have discovered something yeah yeah. (laughs) it's just got alcohol in it i love how you said lemon and whiskey i'd have said it whiskey and lemon at some point (laughs) yeah (laughs) my georgia blue my georgia blue bourbon i drink hey we're talking uh, to joe diffie joe uh i want to get this out of the way so K.K.P., our boy Kerry Kurt, just texted, and I told yep. him you were going to be on, and he said, I've done, we've been doing some recent storyteller stuff with a lot of songwriter pals, and I, he came down, and we had a great show. And, meant when, when he does Drinking Bone, I, it, I want to kill him, because it's a week at least before you wake up, you're singing it, you know, connect connected to the uh, party connected, bone. Connected. Uh, oh, yeah. my God. Anyway, he said, tell him I miss him, and he still is the best singer to ever tie a tennis shoe. What's he talking about? <laughs> is that in a writing Terry session?
0: Has,
2: <laughs> I don't know if you're, if the audience, if people listening, know, but Kerry Kirk has written so many big old hits. You know, I mean, he's just just a stellar songwriter, and yeah. he's a, a, and he is an inspiration. He's had, uh, I, don't know, I, I don't think he'd mind me saying this, but he's had diabetes, type oh, yeah. one diabetes, we talked about from it, a childhood. He's had, you know, two kidney transplants. Mm-hmm. I mean, and uh, you know, so Kerry Kurt was my first road manager.
1: I did not so know he that. Went on the
2: road, yeah, he was my first road manager, and he played guitar in my band. to play acoustic guitar. Wow. And so uh, we spent many, 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 many hours uh, on the road and and uh, hanging out and doing stuff. And uh, he's just one of my. My dearest friends, I haven't talked to him in a while. Actually, I need to. I need to call him and uh, catch up. But uh, yeah. anyway, just this man, just a super talented guy, and he's, you know, one of the best things he ever told me was like when we were writing songs together. He's like, and I, I, I hope people understand. He said, you know, we we're writing a song. He says, man. We need to put some furniture in the room.
0: You know? <laughs> yeah, I know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> he he,
2: ha- he has all those kind of sayings, yeah. you know. But he's he's like we need we need to put some furniture in or make it yeah. more interesting, yeah. make it more real, you know. So well for yeah. you for
1: you listeners out there, furniture means the things that are tangible that you can touch in a song that just yeah. you know, gives it extra color. We're talking to Joe Dippy. Okay, so Joe, here's the deal: like an old married couple that a lot of us songwriters are, and you and you and Carrie Kurt at, at some point are sort of like an old married couple that the stories yep. as we as we grow older start to distance themselves from what they really are the truth so his recollection <laughs> of telling you you gave him his first big break as a songwriter and but he said he's coming out of the hospital and what happened but i want to hear your version of you guys writing is it cold in here oh <laughs>
2: all right well so we were in this uh, office uh, i had my managers had this office and it was based on and they they had this deal where it was kind of based on songwriters so there were always like you know 20 songwriters up in this office and everybody's in their different rooms and writing songs and and so i'd, I'd been up there at the office and uh and uh you know i was i was about ready to just, just to go home you know just to i was I at was, the end of the day and uh and he goes hey man he came, he came in he said hey i got this song idea and i'm like what and it, Because I said, I said, man, I'm about to to head to the house. And he goes, and he said, all he said was, is it cold in here or is it just you? So I called my, my then wife. I said, uh, I'm going to be late because I got to write this song. So, and the funny, here's the funny part. We, we wrote, we, I mean, we wrote, we had 99.9% of the song written, you know, we, we, but we were struggling over, over one line and we just couldn't figure it out. So we went, and uh, one of my managers, who is a great songwriter in his own right, uh, named Danny Morrison, oh, yeah. was in the other room. So we went in there, and we said, so we, I played the song, you played the song for him, and I said, we're stuck on this one part, and he just popped it right out of his head. He just said it, you know. Is like, should I, should I put my arms around you or put another log on the fire? Yeah, and that was his whole contribution to the entire <laughs> song. you know. wait a minute
1: did he become a third yeah he got a third unbelievable well that's how we roll that's great well listen you guys could still be married because y'all stories are very very similar that's awesome i mean it's funny songwriters can have those stories that, that that's amazing but with our with our wives we got no shot the the stories right. they're miles and miles apart. We're with the great Joe Diffie, who's actually going to be playing and performing at my alma mater at Delta State at the B-Pack with Mark Chestnut. We're going to get into that. You're in a Mississippi minute. That date is March fifth. Joe, just in case you don't know, when well, you're coming into the Delta, I know your right. schedule is busy. <laughs> you're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studios. We'll be right back.
0: Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk, Mississippi.
1: She walks into smokies one hip at a time like a broken field runner, slipping through the line. He likes the way she looks. So he I'm calls Steve Azar. I'm with Country Music Legend, who's still alive. Tonight. Knock on Wood, Joe Diffie. Uh you were always a great <laughs> singer growing up as a kid. Was it just something? Or is it was this a developing thing or were you born with it?
2: I remember being a kid. And I had uh, two younger sisters. We were all like a year apart. And to keep us entertained, my my dad, my my dad, and my, in fact, my whole family is pretty, pretty musical. You know, my dad played piano and taught himself to play banjo and guitar and all this stuff, and taught me how to play the guitar. What little I know. And uh, so they to keep us entertained, we would like we had a pickup truck, you know, and so we were riding, and they would keep us kids entertained, but we would sing a bunch of, like, little kid songs, you know, but, you know, when we were four, three, four, five years old, mm-hmm. and I just remember being able to, to sing along, and, 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 I, and I heard, like, harmony in my head, so I could sing harmony at, like, three, four years old, you know, so I, I guess that part was born in innate. it was born in me, but, uh, you know, over the years, I, 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 I just, you know, basically uh, listened to harmony, so many, you know, other great singers, you know, and and yeah. my list includes all the kind of the classic people that most people talk about: George Jones, Merle right. Haggard, and you know, on and on and on. Johnny Cash, etc. So you know, and I stole every lick I could from those
1: guys. You know, <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, but you made it your <laughs> you <know>. own.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you just, you know, that's I mean, that's how, how you learn is just copying, and then and so you then you, you try to incorporate something by yourself. But I I don't know, I just always. I had a pretty good range in my voice. I just never knew it until until believe it or not, I started singing uh, uh, bluegrass. I always had the bottom end of my voice, you know, the low stuff. Yeah, yeah. But but I started singing bluegrass, and they in this band that I was in, they stuck me on all the high singing all the high parts. So I really kind of developed being able to sing high as well. Through that, right? you know, it's just yeah. kind of weird. But I, they put me on all the high parts. I was like, how come? I'm, how come i am got to sing all the high parts here? What's the deal? Because <laughs> you're the only anyway. one that could, <laughs> <laughs>
1: or go that high.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean, your voice is a is a series of. If you want to like break it down, I mean, it's a series of muscles, and so you learn to, you know, you learn to, to manipulate it, and you, you're just like working out. And it's the same kind of thing, you know. You develop your. Your singing muscles, I guess you want to
1: say. Well, your singing muscles are like Arnold Schwarzenegger back in his heyday. (laughs) We're talking about working out. Uh, We're talking to Joe Dippy. You know, my I've had the same backup. He's my sidekick, uh, my guy Jason, and he's been with me for twenty four years now. And every time I decide I'm going to harmonize one of my songs, he goes, "Step away from the backup vocals, background vocals. (laughs) Step away from that because you're going to hurt yourself."
2: <laughs> I Man, you know what? It looks funny. I, 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 re, I re, sometimes I like singing harmony better than just being the lead singer.
1: Yes, yeah, because you, know you can. It's because you can. I
2: I just love. I mean, I just love to do it. Uh, it makes me. I don't know. Something satisfies me in my brain. Yeah. You know that I'm singing the harmony parts. In fact, on a lot of my records, I sing. I'm singing the harmonies on. You know, on a lot of my my songs that I did. And uh, but sometimes you know you have to step back because you know if you put one voice doing all the stuff it kind of gets kind of a it's it's kind of better sometimes to have a different type of voice right in the mix you know what i mean yeah. it's kind of this, this sounds better so yeah sometimes it Weird works little stuff. you know
1: sometimes it works in your in, in your benefit but I, I get what you're saying uh you'll sound yeah. like you know you're sound like you're all of a sudden uh when did joe have uh he does he have was one of triplets he's got you know the triplets <laughs> are singing I'm talking to Joe, <laughs> joe Dippy hey joe you and Mar- you and um, marty stewart made a record together you know he's got the country the congress of country music we've been on this uh, on this uh, sort of committee uh, for the country music trail marker. When I got my own, they put me on the committee, and then Marty's been volunteering me and him to help with a lot of stuff. And we're on the phone once a month. And, you know, he's, I say that he's stolen 20,000 pieces of country music memorabilia along the way. he got the largest collection in history. So he's moved it back down to where he grew up in Philadelphia. He's an incredible guy. I mean, and, and we know how talented, right? When did you and Absolutely. him start a relationship? And then, what, you guys, didn't y'all make a record together?
2: We, we, uh, actually did, uh, and it actually won a Grammy, which is really cool. Uh, it was, a uh, I I call them a gang sing. It was a bunch of artists, uh, but, but when we started, it was called, same, uh, what was it called? I can't remember. Same old train, I think it was called. Marty called me one day and he goes, Hey, man, come over. said, so we're doing this, I'm doing this project and I've got a bunch of artists going to be on it. And we would Harris and, Dwight Yokum and a whole bunch of people. He said, but I need you to come over and sing the demo for me so we can, like, get it, you know, yeah. so we can get an example to send to everybody so they can come in and sing their part. So we went over, and, uh, you know, I went over to the studio, and we, we hung out, and I sang this demo. And uh, so, you know, but Marty's, man, man one of the... Uh, you talk about a, a musical, country music historian. I mean, this guy... yeah. He knows more information and more history than any any human that I'm aware of. You know, he's yeah. just uh, he's, a, he's a, Marty's such a cool. I mean, he's just laid back and so cool, and you know, and so I was really thrilled to be a part of that project, and actually ended up winning a Grammy for it. So yeah. that was that was a really neat deal.
1: You know, Marty, the best word—it's just honest. I mean, it's in his being. It has been since a yeah. little boy, and like you can't be around him if he if there's an instrument, you know, he's always grabs it <laughs> and he, you know right. start playing. And you if you're having a conversation, he goes, it starts in song, man. He just starts going. He's just amazing. <laughs> we were together recently. Uh, it was just crazy. The killer Jerry Lee at his house in Nesbit, Mississippi, and he's sitting there with the wow. mandolin and Connie Smith's there, his wife, and we're all there, and uh, and we're sitting there, and uh, and it was crazy. He starts singing.
2: Think about that. Just think about that history that you were just sitting there. Oh, are
1: uh, you kidding? Are you kidding? You know, I mean, it holy was, moly! Yeah, it was amazing. And then he started. You know, Jerry Lee started singing with him, and it was the most beautiful thing because he's gone through strokes, and you know, he's he's fragile right now. But but he's still right. witty. But he could still sing in perfect pitch. It was wow. crazy. Wow. Like you can give him give him a stroke, but it ain't taking away that thing that he's got, and that's that's just amazing. That's a, it's a blessing.
2: That is amazing. It really is
1: all right so march 5th you're going to be at my alma mater there's probably some uh if if uh if the school could talk you know i'd be a walking song of probably trouble back in my day <laughs> so so we're gonna we're not gonna go there but no i've been, i've had the pleasure and it's been a blessing to get since i came home to serve as the artist in resident there for the last nine years in the delta music institute the studio a is what norbert putnam went in and and built so we all know Norbert, oh, wow. and it's insane it used to be our basketball uh sort of our well it was a gym that we played in murals in when i was there and you got to check it out it's in, it's just wild but uh, with that you're going to be at delta state the b-pack's a beautiful which i've played a few times but the last time i played it more like you guys so you and chestnut how did that happen is that something you guys called each other or is this uh, is it an agent brainchild and and the format's going to be what sitting on stools and storytelling
2: I've been doing these same. Mark's one of my best friends, uh, you know, in the business, out of the business. Uh, I just love him to death, and uh, so we've been we've done, gosh, quite a few shows the last few years. Honestly, it was a, it was a, a booking agent brainchild, you know. They're like, mm-hmm. let's get a package thing, you know, kind of thing, and uh, but it, it just works so well. It, it is so much fun for me and, and Chestnut both. It's like we get to do, you know, it, it's just not like. You're with your full band and the drums are going and the, you got all the stuff. It's just like broken down and, and and it's just fun. You get to tell yeah. a little bit more of the story about the songs and you, we goof around, we joke with each other and <laughs> it's just uh, like it's almost like you're just coming in and, and hanging out in the living room and we're just singing some tunes. You
0: yeah.
2: know. It's just, it, it's just fun. Seriously, it, it's like the audience just seem to really, really like it and uh, and Chestnut and I like it because it's just it's just different from what we do every most of the time well know?
1: this is what all the songwriters did at the Bluebird and all that now they're starting to get out because there's no record sales well i've been talking about this on my show had a lot of pal songwriters like anthony smith and jeffrey still and i mean mark allen springer and roger murrah I mean, they've all been we, uh, Kerry kurt they've all been on my show and the thing is now they want to play and it, i've had so mm-hmm. much fun just getting and doing that but now artists are taking that uh to the repertoire, and guess what? Right. You don't have to pay your band. Everybody stay at home. <laughs> you know, it's just it's just you two guys and a tour manager, right?
2: Well, basically, I mean, you know, we we of course we carry a couple musicians each. You know, and, okay, uh, all
1: right, okay, uh, all
2: right. Yeah, so so we got, well, we, but but it's just like man, it's like uh, again, it's like I don't know how to explain it, but it's just different, and it, but it's more intimate. I guess that would be the thing. I guess how you'd say it. It's it's more intimate and it's. Uh, I don't know. It's just it's just fun, man. It's yeah. just a whole different deal and it feels it's a different vibe, you know. It's, uh, I love it. I love doing it. and like I say, that's one of my best friends. So we uh, we get along really great together and I, I love his singing, man. He's he's seriously one of the one of the best country singers ever. I mean, he he sings so good every night and uh, it just it's just a great deal. I love
1: it. Well, it's March fifth, the B pack. So I'm I'm excited about you guys making way. I will. Be- on the west coast so uh, unfortunately i can't be there i I gotta go i gotta go make hey i gotta go play so that's the way it goes (laughs) but i'll be there in spirit i'll be there in spirit we're talking to joe diffie you're in keep mississippi beautiful studios joe uh carrie kurt just texted me asking me if i was high and dry because of all our rain we've had it's been crazy but you get to play dj into the break mississippi's birthplace of american music i know all you guys in oklahoma have killed it from you to Garth to Tricia But we are the birthplace of American music Would you like to hear into the break Marty Stewart or Charlie Pride?
2: Let's hear a little Marty Let me hear a little about
1: my buddy Marty Stewart You got it, you're in a Mississippi Minute The great Joe Diffie is with us We'll be right back
2: Got to have your loving honey all the time Little things when we touch Little things You know they mean
0: so much Little things Never make me blue I love those little things Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Supertalk Mississippi.
1: Well, I got my first truck when I was three, drove 100,000 miles on my knees. Keep Mississippi Beautiful to Studios, that's what I'm doing. Before. I'm with one of the greatest singer-songwriters of all time, period. Inducted into the Grand Ole Opry Hall of Fame, Joe Diffie. Uh, he's making his way down to the Delta uh, once the Delta grabs a hold of him, uh, it, he may not. He may. He may dig it. I, I think you're going to dig it. Hey, hey, Joe. Mentors along the way for you.
2: Just different people that have that, that I've admired have just just took me aside and told me just like little things. Like Conway, for instance. He goes, you know, I did like I did like 25 or 30 shows with him at one time, and uh, and he just took me aside one day. And we were just, I mean, we were just sitting there, sitting there talking, you know, and he's like. He goes, you know, he said, I've I've been doing this for a long time and he said and his bit of advice to me was he said, you know, do what you know how to do. He said, I he said, I got involved in baseball teams and opening restaurants and and he said I he said I just didn't have a lot of success at a lot of that. He said I he said I, I would if I had any advice it would be stick to doing what you know how to do and that you do best, you know. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kinda of interesting. You know, and Larry Gatlin, for instance, told me, and he actually told me that Kenny Rogers told him this, but but I thought it was really good advice. He's like, don't do this career because of money. He said, do it because you love to do it. Do what you love to do. And he said, if if you're successful, the money and all that stuff will come along. But he said, you know, do it because you love to do it and you have a passion for it. So, uh, I, 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 you know, I took those those guys' advice to heart, you know
1: i love it so 1990 before you get there to nashville uh who who sort of discovers you
2: i guess the thing was i moved to nashville i had worked in a foundry for like nine years in oklahoma in this little town called duncan oklahoma and uh they shut the they shut it down and laid everybody off you know so i was like man what am i going to do now of course i had been in various you know bluegrass groups playing at the vfw and a country group here and there (laughs) yeah doing little stuff like that and I'm just gonna move to Nashville, just like kind of dumb, I guess. But I, I was like, so I packed up everything I owned in this old, and i had gotten divorced, you know, and all this stuff. So I, I, I just packed everything I owned in this, this old car I had, and uh, and uh, drove to Nashville, and uh, I don't know, just kind of hung out a little bit. My dad was a big influence on me. He's like, I told him about what I was gonna do, and he said, oh, he said, I tell you what, you do. He said, you, he said, you give yourself three years, and he said, and do something every day towards your music. And I took that to heart, man. I think that's the biggest yeah. piece of advice, the best piece of advice that I ever got. So literally, Steve, I would sometimes, one time I remember going to bed, and I thought, oh, man, I haven't done anything about towards music. So I got up out of bed, and I got my guitar, and I played a couple of songs, and I, went, you know, I thought, I'm just going to do that, and I did something every day towards that goal, so... uh I don't know. It just you know, just it just worked out just right,
1: you know. Well, no, no, it was meant to be. But you have to work. Everybody asks me all the time, "Well, how can I, you know, my kid?" Or how can I, I said, "Well, <laughs> first of all, you got to love it." You said that it's got to be honest yep. at some point. You have to find yourself along the way, but you have to work really hard.
2: It ended up being the biggest. It, it was a. It was like the biggest devastating thing to get lose your job, but it turned out to be the best thing ever, you know, because. Had I not, I would probably just say I'd probably still be there at that foundry, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, man, when I first moved to Nashville, I, like I say, I moved in with a couple of buddies. I didn't have anywhere to live. And so they were gracious enough to let me live with them for, you know, a couple months till I found a place on my own. I got a job working at Gifts and Guitars.
0: Okay. And, All
2: right. So, so, uh, yeah, I did that for a while, for a couple of years. And they were, they were great to me. I, in fact, for a while, you know, I sang demos a lot, and so after a while, and, uh, and so they were like, "Hey, if you got your work done? You can leave early, go do demos." You know, so I did that, and then when I t- got my record deal, they actually gave me like three, yeah, J- uh, J200 guitars. <laughs> yeah, they so, did. <laughs> yeah, you know, so I like I say, I worked at Gibson guitars, and I then I went and I, I wrote songs every day. I did something, uh, you know, hung out at, uh, you know all the little places where the showcases are, the Bluebird, Douglas Corner, all them places, just tried to meet people and connect and network and all that good stuff. So i like I say, like you said earlier, I mean, you know, you just work your tail off. I mean, it, but it's something I loved and it was, it was fun to me and I, and I it was, you know, it was just something that I just was eaten up with, you know, so yeah, it worked out great.
1: When you get your deal and you, and you, you make your first record, your first record was a success. Uh, and you're having hits, you know, how does it change for you?
2: The, the thing that I, you know, the hardest thing for me, because I'm kind of a people pleaser guy, uh, when you get some success, all of a sudden it's like there are so many people that come out of the woodwork that want to either some of your time or they want you to donate or they want you to do events or, you know, so it, it was really difficult for me to learn how to say no it came to a point where I, there was so many things uh, I got requests every day, multiple requests to do things. And I, you know, so I, that was hard for me to have to learn how to say no, but, uh, you know, I came from good, a good background. I have uh, great parents and, uh, you know, I had a really good foundation. So I, I felt like I stayed pretty grounded. And I, I just, uh, just always, my theory was just always treat people as good as you can and, uh, you know, just kind of, do unto others, kind of thing. You know? Yeah. So I, I, it's hard to explain, but I just, I just always felt like, I, you know, I tried to be, uh, as, you know, as good to the to the janitor guy as to the president of the label. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So,
1: yeah. That's that's what yeah. that that's the word on the street, and that's the one of the things you can take to your grave in about forty years. <laughs> Hopefully, you and I got forty <laughs> years. Left. Man, I don't right. want I don't want forty more years. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm 61, t- Steve. I don't know if I got 40 of me or not. <laughs> I love it. We're talking yeah. to the great Joe Dippy. Joe, Carrie, you, you, Kurt in the song You Guys Pick Up Man. I mean, that was oh, a, yeah. a song that you sort of like, you see it all over TV ads now. Obviously, it's a great fit for a truck and all that. But when, when, when that song comes about, do you guys see the big picture, like the After Effect Beyond a Hit? <laughs>
2: No, I didn't. Honest to God, I didn't. Uh, I, I but I did know, you know, you know, you you've experienced this. You know, you're put in the position all of a sudden. All these songwriters and publishers are sending you songs, and then now you got to determine what you think will might be a hit. You know, and I'm like, who am I? I don't know. I don't know. But but that was one of the one of the easiest songs I ever had to. To, I knew it was a hit. I just knew it was a hit. You know, it was like when I first heard it played. I was like, okay, that that's, that's got to be a hit song. it Has to be. So uh, yeah, but but man, i I mean that song has been in the commercial for Ford trucks, uh, Applebee's commercial. It's like you know it has kind of took on a life of its own, and uh, it's just a uh, one of those one of those songs, you know. But I, that was one of the. The rare a lot of them you struggle are real. I don't know if this will be a hit or not, I have no idea. And but that one was pretty easy.
1: You know, Kerry Kurtz got when uh part of his mer- he's got merchandise now, you know. <laughs> I love it. And he has the license plates he sells. He sells those. Awesome. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we have
1: those
2: too. We have pick up man license plates. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah,
1: I love it. Well, you guys deserve it. I can tell you. It's it's pretty crazy. Talking to Joe Dippy, the greatest singer you ever heard. Is it George? Is it I mean and I know you guys yeah. collaborated together on Rock and Chair, and just so, so incredible. But is yeah. it George? Yeah,
2: it is. I mean, George Jones. And I, here's the, the, the really interesting thing to me. And I, maybe I'm wrong about this, but I have a feeling because I knew George, I got to know him a little bit. I don't think he planned or or, or schemed to sing like he does. You know, he it just came out of him naturally. That's. You know, it just, when he opened his mouth, what you heard was, that's just what just came out naturally. You, there was mm-hmm. no, you know, I think I'm going to make three moves on that note and, uh, you know, slide up to that. No, you just it, that's just what happened. So, uh, yeah, just one of the, the, the greatest, if not the greatest, uh, natural singers ever.
1: When you met him for the first time, we're talking to Joe Diffie uh joe when you met george jones for the first time what was it like
2: i was scared to death yeah uh i couldn't yeah. talk i didn't even know what to say because i mean he was one of my biggest idols and uh actually uh, he and uh, nancy invited us out to dinner so we went to dinner and i just sat there and i was like i feel like such an idiot because i don't know even know how, what to say you know i just uh, it was really a, a huge wow. thing for me and then so week but I got to know him more and more and we went out to dinner more and I, you know did you know, some social events to get, you know things together and uh, so it's like you know but he was like it was, George was so great he was like talking to his grandpa yeah. you know because yeah. he, he he, he had, you know he got as he got older he couldn't hear very well so you know he got face up to him and and he would respond, and Matthew poked him in the ribs. He goes, He's talking
0: to you. He goes, what? Oh, God.
1: <laughs> well, I imagine the good Lord woke up and he has George singing for him right now. We're in a Mississippi um, minute. We're with Joe Dippy, you know and keep Mississippi Beautiful Studios. You know beginnings all the way back to 1943. Guarantee Bank has grown from offering the basic banking services and products to serving customers with a comprehensive, complete line of expertise and products only expected at much larger institutions. We are proud to be your local big-time bank. So when you're looking for a bank you can truly depend on and trust, and like me so many years ago trying to find my way around, let Guarantee Bank with its 17 convenient locations help you on your journey and become a wonderful addition to your family like they have mine for over 30 years. Guarantee Bank, member FDIC. In
0: a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: a star. Says it all. His name is synonymous with some of the greatest of all time, and uh, he, I'm trying to make him feel good and lift his feet off the ground right now, in case he's going through a funk, which he's not. Anyway, we're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studios. That's how we roll. I'm Steve Azar on Super Talk Mississippi. Jojo, we got golf in your life. When did it, when did it appear? Uh, are you doing? You know, I've got. I'm looking on my calendar. I got a Grant Peer's event coming up, the Caddy Shack. The Murray Brothers, Rizzo, he was on TV the other day. Michael Ruzioni from, you know, the 40 years, Miracle on Ice. So I've got these lists lists of (laughs) events that we're going to, but I got to keep still, I got to work. So it's, you know, I got to make sure that I work enough so I can enjoy that. And also, you know, the foundations are dear to their heart. uh, And you go help and it's awesome. And they come help me as well. So down here in the Delta with ours. Are you able to do enough of those a year, the satisfactory? Or with your crazy tour schedule, is that impossible?
2: You know, I, I I'll be real honest. I haven't played as much golf uh, as, as of late as, as I used to. i just been, you know, just got married recently and got a, a you know new family and all this stuff. And so, uh, and I had uh, back surgery a couple of years ago, which that slowed me down a lot. You know, so uh, I just haven't been playing as much as as I as I would like to. But uh, uh, there's one I do. Out in uh but it's like every June, but I, uh, you know, I get offered golf tournaments all the time. Oh yeah, I, just, I know. But luckily, I mean, I guess luckily, my my uh, touring schedule is so busy, I just don't have time to do them. You know, so uh, there's one I do out in. Uh, it's called the Schultz. It's out in uh, California, and uh, met a lot of great people out there. So those those things are great, though. For you know, I, I like to see you talking about Mike Rizzioni. I met him at that same tournament, and. Uh, you know, it's just a, it's a lot of fun to meet these meet these people. and uh, So, yeah, I, I still love playing it. I just haven't got to do it as much as I, as I used to.
1: Well, we've been underwater down here. So I've got a few, few friends of mine, really good friends, that it doesn't matter. They will put camouflage. They'll put coat over coat. <laughs> They'll play in mud boots. They don't care. I'm telling you, it's crazy. And it's so funny because they got their little fishing rods in the back of their, you know, our Greenville Golf and Country Club is very loose, to say the least. <laughs> and... And they'll, you know, they'll stop, and they, so they. It doesn't matter. And the funny thing is, one's a dentist, and two are doctors, and the the three of them, it doesn't matter if it's if it's four below, if it's been raining for a month, uh, they'll turn the course into a par three. Oh, we played today. And I said, well, this is thirty degrees, and it's been raining, and oh, it was, it was fine, you know. Uh, they love it way more than I do. So we, we've been underwater and I haven't touched a club. In fact, they've been in the travel bag for like the last couple months. So I, I I'm hoping, yeah. I'm hoping they haven't dissolved in there when I open it up. Right.
2: Right. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I have got to get back out and play some more. I, I love, playing golf and that's of course i saw you probably more on the golf course than anywhere else yeah you know, <laughs> you uh, sure did. over the years and, uh, we ever, all these tournaments we were like hey what's happening you know? yeah but yeah so, so i love playing it but uh, yeah i you know I, I tell you what man i had this that little back issue i had you know just, it, it was like it just got it was too painful to play so now i'm, I'm kind of fixed i got fixed up with that back surgery i had and uh, you know just like regular everyday people.
1: You know? Well, listen, I can't thank you enough for coming to, to spend I can't thank you for spending a Mississippi minute with me. Also, uh, I know you gotta get going and and looking forward to having you in Mississippi. Uh you know, we got a little Oklahoma uh, by way of Nashville visiting Mississippi and we, we love we're gonna love to have you here on our on our hallowed grounds and and I appreciate you taking the time. I know you gotta get going and, and you're the first interview I've ever done this early in the morning it airs at one o'clock but uh but at nine o'clock you're you're that's pretty impressive you usually have to get people up you know so uh,
2: (laughs) well i have a i had a 15 year old daughter i had to get up at 6 30 and take to school this morning i've been up for
1: a while (laughs) that's what happened life of a superstar well thank you we've been with joe dippy in the keep mississippi beautiful studios on super talk i'm steve azar we've been in the mississippi minute and now we are out of here I'm Steve Azar. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time. With humble beginnings all the way back to 1943, Guarantee Bank has grown from offering the basic banking services and products to serving customers with a comprehensive, complete line of expertise and products only expected at much larger institutions. We are proud to be your local big-time bank. So when you're looking for a bank you can truly depend on and trust, and like me so many years ago trying to find my way around, let Guarantee Bank with its 17 convenient locations help you on your journey and become a wonderful addition to your family like they have mine for over 30 years. Guarantee Bank, member FDIC.
0: Whether you're a rebel, a bulldog, a golden eagle, or just a sports fan, Super Talk Mississippi has got a podcast for you. For you. Sports Talk Mississippi, The Rebel Report, Thunder and Lightning, The Super Talk Eagle Hour, and The Borky Show are all now available for you. And it's all free. Free. Get them all on demand at supertalk.fm and on your smartphone. Just search for Super Talk on iTunes, Google Play, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.